0: Dude, no way! I told
1: you! You're not going to believe what just happened? Long ago, this is what they felt like when it happened. And today, It's how we should feel, too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Hey, happy Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. Hey, if this is your uh, first time in, in church this morning and you're going, what are we doing on on Easter? We when I say he is risen, people respond and say he is risen indeed. indeed. So we'll do that one more time. He is risen.
0: He has risen indeed. indeed. Woo-hoo. Awesome.
2: You know, the Bible, uh, this is such an uh, amazing and important day for us because it says that on this day, the reason some of you might not even know this. The reason we have church on Sunday is because of Easter. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And no, that's not Monday like we feel like it is because that's the beginning of the work week. The first day of the week is Sunday. If, if you uh, know Spanish at all, Saturday is called Sábado, which sounds like Sabbath. And that's why they call it Sábado. And so Saturday is the Sabbath, and Sunday is then the first day of the week. So when, when Christ rose from the dead the christians though they were jewish began to meet not on the sabbath together they did that too but they met on the first day of the week and we've been doing it for 2000 years since this is the day to celebrate the resurrection of jesus christ who came who's coming whose death and burial and resurrection split time in two 2021 i don't care what they call it ce it's not ce it's 2021 A.D. Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. Amen. Amen. No one else in all creation made such a stir. Today, we're, we're celebrating his resurrection. If you're joining us online, we want to encourage you just worship and celebrate this morning. Um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate after service. We're going to Mac out. That's the spiritual word for it. We're going to we're going to fellowship. We're going to have some great food together right afterwards. If you're at home and you want to come for the brunch, come. Um, we're also going to be doing um, the kids are going to be, uh, you know, hiding candy and things. And they're going to go out and do a hunt for that afterwards. And so um, I'm gonna, we'll do that in announcements. Anyways, let's let's go to the Lord in, in prayer and then let's worship him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this celebration day, resurrection day. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus to live on this earth. God, we are so grateful. God, we didn't deserve it, but he died for our sin. But the the grave couldn't hold him. Three days later, he rose from the dead and he conquered death and hell. And Lord, today we serve a risen Savior. God, we pray that you would be exalted and blessed in our time and our service this morning. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Be in our presence, be in our midst as we uh, celebrate you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you all came ready to sing. There it is. Amen. Hallelujah. So, if anyone comes in late, if there's any seats next to you, you can maybe squeeze in and open. But we do have the best rows, the best seats in the house are all open. They're always open. Isn't it wonderful? They're always open.
0: (laughs) That's right. Always open.
2: need to click turned on in the not in the house but in my head
0: Happy day, you washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away, oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be the same, forever I am changed.
2: You happy? Yeah. Tell your face.
0: Yeah. Hey man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God will reign forever, and all the world will know his name. Everyone together, sing the song of the Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer lives, and now I stand on what he did. My Savior, my Savior lives every day a brand new chance to say jesus you are the only way my savior my savior lives the king has come from heaven and darkness trembles at his name victory forever is the song of the I know that my Redeemer, I know that my Redeemer lives. And now I stand on what He did. My Savior, my Savior lives. Every day a brand new chance to say, every day. Jesus, you are the only way. My Savior lives. My Savior, my Savior lives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that my... And now I stand on what he did. My Savior, my Savior lives. Every day a brand new chance to say. Every day a brand new. Jesus, you're the only way. My Savior, my Savior lives. My Savior lives. My Savior, lives. My Savior that again my Savior lives my Savior i stand on what he did my savior my savior lives every day a brand new chance to say jesus you are the only way my savior my savior lives i know that my redeemer i know that my redeemer lives and now i stand on what he did my savior My Savior lives every day a brand new chance. Every day a brand. Jesus, you are the only way. My Savior, my Savior. shines for all to see your name your name is victory all praise will rise to christ our king your name your name is victory i The resurrected King is resurrecting me By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat The resurrected King is resurrected By your name I come alive to declare your victory The resurrected King is resurrecting me Resurrecting me, resurrecting me. The two were soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for. is resurrecting me in your name I come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me the resurrected king is resurrecting the resurrected the resurrected king is resurrecting Directing me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That Jesus rose from the grave is
2: why we raise from the grave too. Amen.
0: By his stripes, we are healed by his name. sin is broken Jesus overcame the anthem death could not hold you down you are the risen king you are the risen king seated in majesty you are the risen Not hold you the grave could not hold you. You defeated death, you have the victory. God is risen. Our God has risen. He is alive. He won the victory. He reigns on high. Our God is risen. risen, he is risen indeed. God we thank you
2: this whole day is just about thanking you and celebrating that he is risen
0: God we love you Jesus hallelujah
2: hallelujah Jesus we love you we need you God, we invite you in to every part of this service this morning. Bless us with your presence. In Jesus' name, everyone said, "Amen." amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Greet somebody. Hallelujah. Fist bump somebody. Wave at somebody. service if we didn't, the only other thing we want to add is how many kids, if you brought kids, how many kids are staying, uh, raise a hand if you have kids and maybe put a number of kids that you have, because we're going to hide eggs, after service, service. they're going to do it after the brunch actually.
3: Okay. Is a wonderful and victorious day that you celebrate the fact that you defeated death. God, we thank you that you have done, gone far above and beyond what we could ever imagine. Lord, if you do that, even in our finances, even the way that you provide to this church body, we're so grateful for that. Lord, we pray that whatever is given today, God, would we'll ultimately go back to bringing you glory because you deserve it all. Lord, we love you so much.
2: missed it or on Friday. Oh, I think we're all good. Praise the Lord. Those of you watching who came on, who watched on, tried to watch online on Friday, we apologize. The sound did not go through during the service. And so it was a shame. Look at you. It must be Easter. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, I know Jesse already welcomed you, but if you're visiting this morning for the first time or don't come often, it is great to have you here uh, joining us this morning. Um, We just are a church that loves Jesus, and we want to invite him into every part of our life, and we're glad you're here and hope that you will uh, check it out, see what God's doing here at the Journey Church. I want to read from Luke chapter 24 this morning as we get into a time in the Word. And, um, hallelujah. You, you can't have Resurrection Sunday without ta- reading part of the resurrection story, though the, the key from my, my uh, sermon this morning, the key text, is not this, but it starts here. And we need to give a little bit of a, of a setup of what, uh, what was happening here. Um, In case you missed it, a lot happened this week, 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, was betrayed and handed over where He went through trials and floggings all night long, and He was crucified. We celebrate that. We we commemorate that on Friday. That's what the Good Friday service is about. And we ended the Good Friday service on, on that note of, Could there ever be anything good about this day? And that's how I ended the sermon on Friday. And I said, hopefully Sunday will be a new day and a better day. And guess what? Sunday's a better day. Amen. Because he is risen. Amen. So Luke 24, 1 through 6 says this. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning. Did anybody catch the sunrise this morning? few of us. I know there's a few people. I was, uh, all right. Um, the rest of you are lucky, got to sleep in. But very early uh, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Well, they, they had prepared the spices to embalm the body of Jesus. They were expecting him to be there. That was the tradition. They would would embalm them and wrap them in in these sweet-smelling spices. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. It was a big stone. That stone had a seal on it from the Romans. There was a guard who had guarded it. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, and, and and I love that, while they were wondering about this, wouldn't you be wondering, too? We, we put a body in here, and now it's gone. You know, if you, if you worked in the, in the hospital at the morgue, and there was a body in the morgue, and you went, oh, we need to go check on the, on the body, and you opened up the slider and slid out the thing, and there was no body in there, you'd be wondering, too. What happened? Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning... And I love this, this analogy here. Have you ever been close to lightning? I've, I've been close to lightning. It's, it's kind of bright. Like it's bright when it's in the sky. It's bright when it's a mile away and you go one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000. By the way, I, I, I'm going to share this with you in case you didn't know. I always used to think every second was a mile. Every five seconds is a mile. Which means when you go one, 1,000, two, 1,000, it's not two miles away. It's like less than a mile. When that lightning is really close and it hits something close, it's so bright. And it says the clothes of these men were that bright, like lightning. They stood beside them. In their fright, I'd be afraid too, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Amen. Why do we look for the living among the dead? Christ is no longer dead. He's alive, and he's alive today. After this whole event, and we'll be talking about this in the weeks to come, he didn't die again. Now, other people died again. People that were raised from the dead died again. Lazarus, which was pretty spectacular, who was raised from the dead, had to do it again. That's kind of a bummer right? But you know, it didn't last forever. He died physically a second time before the resurrection that we're still waiting for. But Jesus, when he went away, he didn't die again. He went straight up into heaven. That's way ahead of myself. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Jesus went through betrayal, accusations, Trials, floggings, humiliation, crucifixion, death, burial. But after three days, the power of God was revealed. The stone was rolled away and Jesus Christ triumphed over the grave and rose from the dead. He is risen. Risen Today is Resurrection Sunday. We remember, we celebrate the empty tomb. There's been times, you know, people wear a cross. I've worn crosses before. I thought, I want to get a tomb necklace. Actually, that's so 80s. Okay. So in the 80s, I used to wear necklaces, huh, Brenda? <laughs> I don't do that anymore. But if I had a necklace, maybe a tomb would be better because that represents that he's risen. Amen. But he, he celebrate the empty tomb How quickly a mood can change. They went there looking for Jesus. The disciples were mourning his loss. I don't know if you've ever noticed how quickly a mood can change. None of you husbands poke your wife. (laughs) I have gone from happy to distraught or from gripped by fear to relieved and joyful in a matter of a second. I mean, one second changed it. In the time it took my sister to say, Dad died, I went from happy to distraught, just like that. There was no warning. Poof. It changed everything, Well, just about everything for me at that 20-year-old young boy's life. When I thought about my son, Matthew, three years old at the time, that he had been abducted, I was terrified. See, he had wandered away from the house. We lived near Circle K and i was doing a remodel on our house and matthew was there and and he was playing and stuff and you know i mean he just was just just there and all of a sudden he said something to me he says, hey dad he actually said something like i'm going to work or something like that it's kind of funny i'm like okay you know we just kept working and a little while later a few minutes, ch- I would check on It wasn't long, maybe five or ten minutes. I'm like, so, you know, check on Matthew again because he was out in the yard and I didn't see him in the yard. So, a friend, Steve Kostolansky, actually was, was helping me with the electrical and, and the plumbing and heating and things. And he, um, we started looking for Matthew. And I went in the house and he wasn't too concerned yet. I went in the house, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. And there was no answer. So I came out and I'm like, Steve, you seen Matthew? So he starts looking with me. And we started doing these circles around the house. You know, like did the for inside the house and we kinda of did a little circle. He wasn't there, so I made a bigger circle. We started going out around the other houses. Pretty soon I'm running and, and we're we're on airplane a couple a couple houses in from the blue water or where whatever, big tree I guess it is. So I run all the way over to, to the circle K and I start asking everybody there if they'd seen a little I mean, he was toe headed, man, just blonde as can be, cutest little guy, two and a half, three years old. He was young. Nobody'd seen him now I'm panicked I thought he's disappeared and and I mean you know I mean he's a good-looking kid I thought somebody's abdu- abducted this young guy and I'm panicked I go to the neighbor's house and they were friends of ours knock down on the door have you seen Matthew no they started running we, we did a couple more laps after about 15 minutes of looking that's a long time when you think your son is gone I hear John Green who lived in the front house he goes Rob there he is and I came running And Matthew is sitting in their car, in the front seat of Tracy's little red sports car, driving with his lunch pail on the front seat next to him. Guess where he was driving? To work. I'm going to work, Dad. Matthew, where were you? I was going to work like you. I went from terrified to joyful like that. Isn't it amazing? I mean, moods can change really quick. The women, the disciples' moods changed that day from grief and and bewilderment and wonder and, and so many things. When they encountered Jesus that day, it changed like that because everything changed for them. That's what can happen with us when we realize that Jesus is no longer dead and that he's alive. It should absolutely transform us from the inside out. What a glorious moment it was for me, thinking that he might be gone forever to seeing that cute little face behind the wheel. I have to admit there was a little bit of uh, upsetness with him. But it went away really quick. What a glorious day it must have been when the disciples discovered that Jesus Christ was, well, he was risen. Amen. With his resurrection, although no one fully grasped what had transpired, everything changed on that day. So much more than the disciples, rabbi, and friend who was alive. I mean, you know, there's been people who've died and I'm like, God, would you bring, bring them back to the dead? There was a lady up in our church in Oakdale and she was a young, she was younger woman and um, she was in charge of, uh, she ran this neighborhood ministry for kids. And that's where Matthew actually, he started working there and helping to, to lead the kids when he was only nine years old himself. He's got to call of God on him. And Maxine died and it was, we were all shocked by it. And so a group of People from the church, Pastor Eric, and and they went over to the mortuary where her body was and they laid hands on the building and prayed and cried out, God, raise her from the dead. Right on the main road. It was awesome. And a little weird. Weird. But they believed God that he could do that. And they said, we're not going to do anything. Can you imagine if a few minutes later she was on the inside of the glass doors going, hey, let me out. (laughs) This is what happened. Jesus rose from the dead. It changed everything. But see, Jesus was their rabbi. He was their master. They still didn't grasp everything about him yet. That alone would have been spectacular just to have a friend raised from the dead, but so much more transpired in in those three days culminating in his resurrection and the days after that when he walked on the earth and then he was finally taken up to heaven and now where he sits at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that he sits there and he, and he, he intercedes for us. He's our mediator between God and us. There's one change, one transaction that happened during that whole process is that we who were lost, we that were separated from God, we were, rest- we were restored to a right relationship. We talked about that on Friday night. We were restored to a right relationship with God, and then we received hope. See, we were separated from God because of our sin, and in the past, we used to have to sacrifice animals to be forgiven. Somebody had to pay for what happened. And Jesus paid for it. And when he did, there was, a, there was this big curtain in the temple that separated God and man. Man couldn't go into his presence, but that was torn in two from top to bottom so that we had access to God. That's what happened. One of the things that happened when Jesus died and rose from the dead was that we now had access to God. And the other thing that we were another thing, not just one other, there's a, so many, but another thing that we happened is that we received hope. We received a living hope when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Turn with me to our text this morning, First Peter 1. If you have your Bible, if you want a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back by the sound booth on the wall. You feel free to get one. If you don't have a Bible at home, you can take that with you and keep it as a gift to you. First Peter chapter 1. Starting in verse 3, it says this Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Two more verses. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We have been given new birth into a living hope. That means that we didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. It's God and his merciful and kind love toward us that we've been given this hope. And it's more than just having a hope that's that's uncertain, that's whimsical. Um, I hope I win the lottery someday. This is not the kind of hope that we're talking about. We all have these hopes. There's times you plan a vacation and you say things like, I hope it doesn't rain. But you have really no assurance of it. It's just a hope. This is not the kind of hope that the Bible is talking about. This kind of hope is much more certain. Now, Peter, in this book, in the book of 1 Peter, he wrote these words about 30 years after Christ's resurrection. 30 years. Now, right there is something to tell you, why on earth would Peter still be talking about something that wasn't true? Wouldn't he have let it go by then? No, absolutely, he knew that this had happened. He was a witness. He wrote these words 30 years, and, and not only that, during this time, Christians were under persecution and increasing persecution. It was getting worse and worse. And so Peter's writing this to a group of Christians who are dispersed in Asia Minor. and these, uh, these people, they were as, as you read the book of First Peter, you'd find out, like in chapter two, chapter three, that they had overbearing bosses. That they had, uh, they were being threatened by unbelieving spouses. They were being ridiculed by uh, an, skeptical neighbors, and um, and on the horizon loomed the possibility of much more violent form of persecution. These Christians were under persecution, so he's writing them about the hope. It was a very anti-Christian society, kind of like ours is becoming, and it's just beginning. So these words are good for us because how do you stay hopeful when your life is, is undergoing some of these kinds of tests? See, we can't just be hopeful when all everything's good. Well, you know, wh- why are you so happy? I've got so much hope when things get bad. Why are you so upset? Because I don't have any hope. No. We have hope in Jesus and his resurrection, and it's more certain. I want to talk about what kind of hope that is. What do you do when life seems to have more questions than answers. You've got to have hope to keep going on. We need hope. A hope that is living, a hope that never dies. There was this strange, you know, scientists, they get paid to do some crazy things. So they did a test to see about hope. And they put rats in a bucket of water. If you, if you have compassion on rats, I'm sorry. It doesn't go well for the rats here in a few minutes. And they did two different groups of rats. One they just put in the water, and they timed it, and they, would just, they were just paddling there. And within a couple of hours, they just stopped paddling and died. But there was another group that was in the same type of water, same temperature, and every once in a while, they would pulled the little rats out for just about a second or two and then he put them right back in. Those rats lasted for over 24 hours. The only thing that had changed is every once in a while, they had a glimmer of hope that maybe they'd get rescued. So there's something in us. We need hope. And when you have no hope, you feel like the first bunch of rats. You're just drowning and you can't make it any longer. But Jesus comes to bring hope to us. What is that hope that is living? He said it's a living hope. The new testament idea of is of hope is so different than the way we use it today. Like I said, we say wait, things like oh, I hope it doesn't rain. We are hoping that weather would be nice today. And it is. Now, praise the Lord for that. I don't know if he smiled on us or, you know, but but it's, it's good weather, but, we, but a couple of weeks ago when we planned to do our little thing out there today, we're like, I hope it's warm. And that was all we had. And then we had a backup plan in case it wasn't. We, refer, we referred often to the uncertainty of future events when we say, I hope. That's not what the Bible's talking about. When the Bible talks about hope, it's talking about actually the opposite of uh, uncertainty. It's, it's communicating something of assurance in us. It's, it's confidence that future events that are talked about that we're actually going to take place. There's no hoping. It's sure. We need to understand the difference. If you, under, if you reread the scriptures with this difference in mind, it changes your understanding of the text in so many other places. Does anyone in here speak Spanish. We have a few, oh man, a few people. Okay. I'm gonna, is it okay if I ask you a question? I'm not going to embarrass you too much? Sure. How do you say hope? It, what was it? Esperanza? Es, esperanza, right? Esperar is the verb. Mona, how do you say wait? wait. Uh
1: huh.
2: Esperar Espe, is to wait? Yes. But isn't that the same word to hope? It's the exact same word in Spanish. You know why? Because they understand that hope and wait is actually kind of really similar. When you go out to the, cor- to the corner of State Lane, when, 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 James, when James comes and he leaves church and he walks down to State Lane, he waits for the bus. He hopes for the bus. But he doesn't just hope like, wow, I hope by some random chance some guy will drive by here and pick me up. No, he knows there's a schedule. He's hoping on the bus to come. When we hope in Jesus, it's not this random, I hope he does something. It's more sure. It's a living, confident, assured hope, and it's alive. What's the opposite of a living hope? It's it's a dead hope. It's a dead hope. And, And I think of like dead faith. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, James, I'm sorry, Apostle James talks about faith that is dead. It says, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. James talks about faith without works being dead. True faith produces results. It produces a change in the life of a person who has faith. If somebody hasn't changed one bit since they began to confess and profess their faith in Christ, then their faith is probably dead. It's not alive. It's not genuine faith. Because true faith produces true change. Not perfection. But it moves away from the wrong way of life and it moves towards the right way of life. Now think about that in the same idea of hope. A hope that is living, a living hope is going to produce something. It's powerful. It has power to change how you think. Power to change how you talk. Power to change how you live. A living hope. And I tell you, that is what we need today. You know, over the last number of years, for the first time in a century, in a century, there was about a 10-year period where they were doing studies on men and the death rate in middle-aged white men between 45 and 55 the mortality rate began to rise. And the cause of it is related to drugs. And the the result of the drugs, the, the reason for the drugs, and then the result of the drugs, the result of the drugs is death. How they did it, sometimes it was overdose, sometimes it was suicide. The reason for the drugs, people were losing hope. This last year, suicide's went up. Why? People began to get hopeless. But we have a living hope that's available and God gives us that living hope. A hope that is living, a living hope is a reassuring thing. It's positive. It it deals with the the future in certainties, in terms, and and it produces positive results. That's the power of hope. And what God offers you is more fabulous than anything all the money in the world can offer. It talked about it was more precious than gold. That's hope. That's a living hope. It's something certain. to. We're going to go through here slowly in the, some of these verses and pick some things out in 1 Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, you didn't deserve it, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He put us into, it's not something we grasp, but it's something that we live in, a living hope, and it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? to an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. See this is as Christ rose from the dead this is what happens for us in Christ he we have a an inheritance something waiting for us that's incorruptible. I don't own anything that's incorruptible. Now I've got some cool stainless steel pots and things even those will rust away. Eventually, they'll rot away. Five, who are kept by the power of God. And who is the who? That's you. So we have this hope through the resurrection to an inheritance, which is reserved in heaven for you. This is for you. And then it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith and for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. If you're in Christ, you're kept by Him into this living hope, we don't have to despair. There is a living hope that we have because of Christ. Now here's the thing. We've all felt hopeless. See, see we, we fall into hopelessness, but we have to re-anchor ourselves in the hope of Christ. He overcame death. It was hard for me to get out of bed this morning. When I compare myself to him, I'm like, yeah, he's got me beat. My faith goes put, puts in him. I put my faith and hope and trust in him. And I am so thankful that you and I are kept by the power of God through faith. For salvation, ready to be real. Verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice. We should be rejoicing in this living hope in this inheritance that we have that's available to you. Now, now you might be here going, I don't, I don't have that hope. I have no idea what you're, we're talking about. By the end today, I want, we're going to give you an opportunity to just change that because hopelessness is no way to live. But having a living hope, there's no other way. So in all this, we greatly rejoice, though now for a little while if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Boy, that's, that's us. For a little while. And you're like, man, it, this little while has not been a little while. It's been a long while that I've been grieved by various trials. Life can be hard. You know, li, li, some, some people, you know, they, they get 50, 60, 70, 80 years and they're like, pretty much my whole life has been a trial. That's not a little while, but here's the thing. Eternity is a really long time. And the 80 to 90 years that you live compared to that is just a little while. No matter what trials we're going through here, and and the truth is most of us have not suffered constant trials. We've had many or various, but there's been times of good things. Now, that might not be your story. Why is it that we can't see that? Because we tend to focus on the negative, especially when you're in it. You know, I I am, man, I I get these moods. My wife, Shannon, she loves them when I get in these moods. Like, everything is horrible. Nothing is good. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I want to eat some worms and die. And I'm sure none of you have ever felt that way. It's just for me, right? You get the, oh, everything's so bad. I'm walking out. I'm not living in that hope. I'm, I've stepped away from it. I've got my eyes off of Jesus. For a little while, you've been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire. And gold, I mean, you know, gold is like, oh, gold, but it was really a little bit more precious to them. That perishes even though it's refined by fire. The genuineness of your faith may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There was a man who came to Christ, and he sold what he had and invested everything in a peach orchard. It's a true story. And he had gotten saved and was attending church, and he was waiting for his first, uh, you know, harvest of peaches to come. And the same thing happened that happens in Big Bear and White. Some years you don't get your apples. The frost came, and it killed his entire crop of peaches. His whole investment. When that happened, he didn't go to church the next week or the week after or the third week. Finally, the pastor goes, went to him and said, Hey, what's going on? He says, Why would I want to serve a God who let my peaches die? And the the pastor thought for a minute and he says, Because God doesn't love your peaches, but he loves you. And he wants you to be strengthened. He's allowed this to happen to bring glory and strength to you. That's a tough answer. But sometimes we have to go through the trial to produce strength. Some of you guys work out. You can tell that I don't. When you work out and do strength training, it hurts. It's painful. In fact, if somebody's going to the gym every day and they're working out and they go, man, I'm, I'm never sore. I tell people, then you're not doing it right because there's a little bit of soreness that will happen. Your muscles are stretching and they're getting bigger and they kind of hurt. Some of you had growing pains just growing up. Growing in Christ sometimes is painful, but it produces an amazing life. Raising your kids is Painful. But you got to go through the pain to become a grandparent, and apparently that's the best thing in the universe. I can't wait to get there. We're excited. You know, we've got, we got two more in the house. We, Madeline will be leaving in about a year and a half, and Sam's a couple years behind that. And we're like, where's our grandbabies? Come on, Matthew.
1: <laughs>
2: but you don't get to be a grandparent with relationship with your kids and your grandkids unless you've hurt some cuz it's hard and move quicker your faith tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ you can't give up whom having not seen you love and this is awesome see these believers they'd never seen Jesus Peter did i never seen him. Well, we relate with that. We've never seen Jesus in the flesh. We go by faith. It says, you haven't seen him, but you love him. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's Christians. If, if you're visiting, if you're, if you're kind of new to Christianity, you, you, but you've met some and you're like, man, these guys are weird. I mean, they're like happy about singing songs to a dead guy. No, we're not happy about singing songs to a dead guy. We're happy about singing songs to a guy that was dead and he's alive again. And he made me alive too. There's an inexpressible joy that comes in knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. When we focus on that, it's just amazing. And it says what? Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's that's the end. We, we live on this earth with one major goal, and that's to receive our salvation. And I tell you, in the days that we're living in, that's being robbed from us because the world is telling us over and over and over again that you can have your best life today. Focus on yourself. Do something for yourself. Make your life better. And we're focusing on getting stronger, being younger, you know, losing weight, all of these things, looking better. And we buy into it, every one of us. We all, I mean, in every crowd, Christian and non, we're, we're getting lost in making this life so amazing when truly we need, to, we need to be thinking, that life is amazing. Now, I'm not saying don't be healthy. I'm not saying don't be in shape. But don't get the focus on, I'm going to have this amazing life now because you're going to get it all wrong. And here's what happened. Here's what's going to happen if it hasn't happened yet. And we could say a show of hands for some of you who've already tried this. Some of you have already spent years trying to look better. You ended up being in shape, and it didn't give you what you wanted. Some of you worked really hard, saved up your money, bought the house. The house did not make you happy like you thought it would. Some of you wanted the car, your dream car. And it was always awesome when you had the dream. When you have the dream, you can keep working for it. It's fun. You just go work, 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 work. You get it, and you have something to hope for. Then you get it, and you're like, wow, this isn't as nice as I thought it would be, it didn't make me feel as good as I thought it would. It's like the dog who chases its tail around and around and around. When it finally catches it, it goes, now what do I do? <laughs> we spend our lives running in circles like the dog, trying to be better, trying to, be, tr- to obtain this amazing life here. And then if, when you do get parts of it, you're like, wow. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> so you know what you do? You try something new. And pretty soon, your whole life is a pursuit of, of this flesh and feelings, and it just never satisfies. See, our hope has to be in Jesus, who actually gives us an, an internal satisfaction in life. What's amazing is that, whatever state of life you're in, if God has blessed you, if you've worked hard and you have a nice home and these things, when you have Christ, you actually get to enjoy it. But here's what's awesome. You might not have a lot of things, but when you have Christ, you enjoy that too. He gives you the ability to enjoy and be content in whatever state of life you're in if you'll let Him. We have to look to Him as the living hope. We have to rest in Him as our hope, and He gives it to you. We need a hope. I need hope. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm like some of you. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I just I think that will really make me happy. And, you know, and they don't. You know, I, we're going to be starting uh, the remodel in the kitchen, so I bought a few new tools. I'm excited. I went cordless.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I got the XR series of the DeWalt Skill Saw, the Sawzall, and the, and the multi, multi-tool. They came last night. It was late. I still had to open them up just to look at them. I even pulled the trigger on the sawzall. <clears throat> yes! I'm going to go and tear apart the kitchen. Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to start cutting out walls. I'm excited. And you know what's going to happen on Wednesday? I'm going to pick up that tool and go, ah, here I go again. And it will lose its joy for me because it's just a tool. But Jesus never loses. I never lose my joy in him. Never. I never lose my joy. Except when I get my eyes off of him and onto myself. We can have that living hope in Jesus. He doesn't promise us that everything will go well, but if we stay with Him, if we follow Him, like that faith, it can't be a dead faith. You, you can't have that, that dead faith without works. You have to have a living faith and it, it's proved out in the, in, in the works that you do. It's the same with the hope. It's, it's a living hope. That means it's going to have some results. You're going to see it. It's going to be... This this thing that's happening, there's a transaction that's happening because your life is being changed. And you're gonna you're gonna have that living hope. And when that that happens, you begin to see things in a new way and say, you know what? I can I can do this. That living hope helps you to say no to ungodliness. You can go a little further. If you're at home, we are gonna have communion in just a few minutes. I should have mentioned that at the beginning. Go to, just skip down a couple verses. I won't read 10 through 12. They're good, but I just want to go to 13. So in light of all the things we've just read in 1 Peter, it says this, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Okay? we talk, I talked about this a while back in one, in one of my sermons. The, the loins of your mind, the King James Version, the loins are the place of reproduction. Your mind reproduces the results in your life. So you gird up that reproductive thought process and it says, be sober. It's not talking about being physically uh, not drunk, though we're not supposed to be drunk. It's being right thinking. Be sober minded and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen, 14, as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. It's saying we have this living hope, but then it says, but, but don't live like you used to live. Walk away from that. Change your thinking. And that's what we have to do. And I tell you, it's really hard to change your thinking when you're scrolling all day, seeing what everyone else is thinking. You think, I should probably think these same things. They don't think that they're good-looking unless they only weigh 99 pounds for a woman. Have six-pack abs. The days of six-pack abs for me, I think, are gone, and it's really sad. Am I not going to be happy? I've got to set my hope fully on him, and it says I need to leave my thinking and be conformed to his thinking. don't be conformed to your former lusts as in your ignorance. You know, what else do you do when you're growing up in in any land, but you're growing up in America, what do you do? Do what everyone else does. I'll try it. It's, It's ignorant. In other words, you just don't even know. But now we know. Some of you have been chasing your tails your whole life. And if you haven't caught it yet, I'll just tell you that, that I've already said it. It's not as great once you do. Stop. Let him become your living hope. Let him become your living hope. I'm going to ask the, the ushers to go ahead and pass out the elements of communion. You going to ask the worship team to come back and get ready. When you, get the, when you get the bread, the matzah cracker, it's, it's unleavened bread. It's made without leaven. Leaven represents sin, it's, and it's symbolic of, of Christ. When you get the, the, the bread and you get the juice, just hold on to it. They're each going to come in their own little cup, so nobody's touched. They've broken off even with, with uh, their gloves and things. And so just get a couple cups uh, of bread. Oh, thank you very much, Steve. Jesus did this with his disciples the night before the crucifixion. And he was pointing forward to the next day. We're doing it today, knowing what happened on the crucifixion. Because Jesus symbolically was trying to tell them, this, this matzah, this, this is probably what they broke. If it was a Seder dinner, then that's what they broke. And it's matzah made without leaven. It has holes in it and little stripes It's pierced and it's striped. The Psalms talk about that he was pierced for us and by his stripes we're healed. The bread represents the body of Jesus who was broken for us. That's why we we, we took the whole bread and we broke it into little pieces. It was broken for you so that you could have a part of Jesus, his body. The juice, it's grape juice. In case case it's it's not wine. They probably drank wine. We're doing grape juice. It represents his blood. It's not blood. It's grape juice. But it represents his blood in that he shed his blood. His blood was spilled. He went through that for us. He paid the price. It was poured out for you and I to pay for our sin. It's, Kind of like magnified by a million, if you had this huge fee, you did something wrong, you got a big, how about a speeding ticket? That's not a huge fee, but boy, you ever get a speeding ticket and you get the bill, you're like, holy moly, going eight miles an hour over the speed limit was not worth $300, okay? And and somebody comes and goes, you know what? I got that. You'd be like, wow, that's really cool. Magnify that out. You did something wrong, and Jesus paid for it. The difference is you didn't owe $300 to San Dino County courts. It was the death penalty. And Jesus paid it. He died for us. That's what this represents. Now, we're doing that today. But if you have never asked Jesus, to, to be your Lord, then it's really kind of meaningless to even do this. But here's what you can do right now. You can ask Jesus to be your Lord and you can say, I'm tired of chasing my tail. I don't want to live like this anymore. I've been here, I've been feeling something, I've been hearing something. I've been doing things on my own and God, I don't want to do it on my own anymore. I need a Savior. I need a living hope. Forgive me that's you, you can pray a prayer something like this. Heavenly Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I can't pay the penalty for my sin, but I thank you that you already paid it. Thank you for dying for my sin. I invite you to become my Lord, my Master. I'll follow you. I commit my life to you. I don't understand what that exactly means. But I'll try to trust you in the process of giving you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, it's the beginning of a new walk of life. Salvation. I'd, I'd encourage you to find myself or, or, or during, one, during your, your brunch after, please stay for that. Find somebody and tell them, hey, I, I received Christ. We'll give you a Bible and we'll help you in your path. Jesus himself on that fateful night before his crucifixion, on that last supper, he took bread, like I said, and he broke it and he gave it to all his disciples and he said, this is my body, it's broken for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus that was broken for me, that I might have life, that I might have healing. In Jesus' name, let's take the bread together. in the same way he took the cup he gave thanks for it and he said this is the blood of a new covenant it's my blood, a new covenant a covenant is like a contract but the difference is that Jesus did all the work and we just have to receive it we don't have to sacrifice anymore, he sacrificed himself it's a new covenant that all we have to do is believe in our heart that Jesus Died for our sins. Confess with the mouth that God raised him from the dead and will be saved. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that this cup represents. Let's drink together. You can just put your cup on the floor on the seat. Hold on to it. We're going to close with one last song. about
0: I God, we
2: thank you that you are our living hope. We put our faith and trust in you. That hope is alive, and it's certain that we will rise from the dead, and we will all be with you someday in paradise, and that in this earth you walk with us, you comfort us, you help us to be overcomers and more than overcomers. We give you the praise glory in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Before I dismiss what is happening, are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's, OK, so we're going to set up a few tables. We want you to stay for brunch. Did you see how much food is here? Please stay if you can. We're going to um, but go fellowship out in the patio or wherever, because we're going to put a couple tables in here and out there, and we will um, we'll just yell when it's time to get food, and we will have fellowship. Greet somebody, meet somebody new, and have a blessed Resurrection Sunday.
0: got to be more than going back and forth, from doing right to doing wrong, because we were taught that's who we are. Come on, get in line right behind me. You along with everybody, thinking there's worth in what you do. Then like a hero who takes the stage, when we're on the
1: edge of our seat, saying